Many podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to be different and try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. This is Podcasting Experiments, and this is where we focus on different things that we can try with our podcast to make them different and hopefully better. You can check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. My name is Joshua Rivers from Podcast Guy Media, where I help people start and produce their podcast. I'm excited about the conversation that we have today. We get to talk with Sarah St. John, who's an entrepreneur, podcaster, author, animal lover, and world traveler. Her goal is to show people how to launch and manage an online business on a budget. And so I'm really excited to be able to do this. She has three main podcasts that really caught my attention that we're going to get into. And I think it's going to be really helpful for you. And so it goes along starting a business about being able to start a business on a small scale. And so being able to invest a small amount of money to be able to get started But she also goes through and talks about how to podcast. She talks about how to write a book and some different things like that. And so there's a really unique story that she has. Her entrepreneurial journey began back in 2008. And so it'll be interesting to be able to see the transitions that she's made over the past 12 or 13 years. And so let's jump into this conversation now with Sarah. So I started my entrepreneurial journey back in 08. I had had six different jobs that year. Um, not at the same time, but over the course of the year and decided that I wanted to work for myself. So I started a photography business and I realized that while I like taking photos of, you know, architecture, landscapes and animals, I didn't like taking photos of people, but that's where the money was. I was doing um, uh, portraits and, and weddings and, but the bigger issue than that was just the expense to maintain upkeep equipment and all of that. So I decided that I wanted to start doing something online, like an online business model. So I tried different things like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, all these different things. But it was in the process of trying these different things, I discovered all these free or affordable tools and resources that can help you run a business on a budget. So I got the idea to write a book called Frugalpreneur, uh, where I kind of talk about the different types of online businesses and how you can run it affordably. And then I got the idea to start a podcast to coincide with the book, but it was just going to be, you know, like 10 episodes. Um, But I was getting more traction and leverage from the podcast than the book. So I kept up the podcast and like just basically fell in love with the medium and the connections I was making. So then, and I was producing my own podcast editing it and all that. So then I was like, well, I like doing this and people say I'm pretty good at it. So why not get paid to do it for other people? So then I launched a podcast production agency. And so, yeah, I'm all in on podcasting now. I feel like uh, I kind of wasted a lot of time, like over a decade, trying all these different things when I should have just gone straight into podcasting. But, you know, hindsight is 2020, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So when was it that you started that first podcast for timeline sake? The first one I started in, let's see, it came out when the book came out. So that was, I believe, April of 2019. Yeah. Okay. 
So almost two years here. Very cool. See the progression. And so I, I'm always interested in how that takes place for some people where it's like they start very slowly and they eventually start to grow. And there's other people. It's like they jump in and here's my 35 <laughs> podcast that I have launched. And so I was kind of similar in in my start. I guess I started my first one in 2013 in February. I started my second one in Actually, my second and third, I started that summer. I started those about the same time. And so, and so I started quite a few there in a short, short amount of time, all different podcasts, all different targets and things like that. And it was crazy. I was still working a full-time job plus and all that kind of stuff. And so anyway, enough about me. So you got started here serving entrepreneurs in a sense. And so a lot of what I see on your website, thesarahstjohn.com, you can be able to see a lot of different resources and things here to be able to help people that are entrepreneurs in different ways and different ways they can be able to use that. And so what are some different ways that you're serving those people that you want to highlight and show? On the podcast, I do some solo episodes where I'll talk about a particular like I did an episode just on SendFox, which is a email marketing platform that's actually free up to 3,000 subscribers. And it's great for like bloggers, podcasters, YouTube creators, like any kind of content creator, because you can put in like your YouTube channel and your RSS feed and it'll automatically generate newsletters every week. So it saves a lot of time. So like I did an episode on that and then I've done a few other episodes on like specific software basically that helps you run a business on a budget. But then I also do episodes where I interview people within various fields or niches within online business, like affiliate marketing, coaching and consulting, podcasting, blogging, all of that. And then, so then on the website, I have a resource page, which lists, I I think it's 27 or 29 now tools that I most of them I'm currently using or have used that I really recommend. A lot of them are free. And then the ones that aren't are like maybe 10 bucks a month or something affordable like that. I think there's only one thing on there that's like 99 a month, but <laughs> everything else is really affordable. So I just like to, I feel like I've spent so much time like researching all these different free or affordable tools and software that, uh- it just saves people a lot of time just to go there and and check those out. <laughs> yeah, so I would definitely recommend for people listening to go ahead and check that out for those free tools, but then also you can check out the different podcasts. So there's the Frugalpreneur, there's the uh, Podcastpreneur, and there's the Authorpreneur. And so all some really good resources there. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you do some giveaways as well. So how does that play into... Mm-hmm overall strategy. Yeah, so every month I do a new giveaway and I do usually a book. So I'll email out my list like on the first of the month and say, hey, new giveaway, here's the link. And then sometimes I run paid ads to it, but I don't know. Usually the people you get with those aren't, they don't stick around. So, but it's just a nice thing to do for the email subscribers at least. And I try to do giveaway well this is one thing i recommend about giveaways is that only give away something that's relevant to your audience like if you were to give away an an iphone well everyone and their dog's gonna want that and they're gonna sign up 
But then as soon as the giveaway's over, like probably 99% of them are going to drop off. So give away something that your audience would actually like. Like I give away $20 book every month. So for someone who's not already on my email list to bother giving me their email address to sign up to maybe win a $20 book in business or entrepreneurship, then they must be pretty my ideal client, basically. <laughs> yeah, and I use King Sumo for that, which is actually a free tool. It's one of the things I have on okay. my website. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the one going on right now is Dotcom Secrets, the underground playbook for growing your company online, which I... <laughs> have here. I have an Audible and I have an Kindle as well, both. I finished it about two or three months ago. Back in September, I finished it. And so I I started it back in, I think, Mm. April. (laughs) So I had a slow start and and then a very quick finish of going through that book. And so, yeah, very, very good book. So even even if you don't um, catch this to be able to get that giveaway, Go get that Mm. book. Yeah. Be a great resource. But I'm looking forward to being able to see what other resources you have because it sounds like it'd be something that uh, I would want. And it sounds like you kind of tailor it to people that are entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. in there. So definitely go check those out. I love that book too. I The first time I read it, I read it in one day, like one sitting. And then (laughs) I've read it like twice now. (laughs) But yeah, so I usually give away like dot-com secrets, expert secrets, traffic secrets, all the Russell Brunson stuff. And then like some Pat Flynn stuff, like Will It Fly and super fans. And I don't know, there's a variety of things that I I give away. But yeah, so every month it's a new thing. And I just use the same link. So it's thesarahstjohn.com forward slash giveaway. It's the same link all the time. It's just, I swap out what, the giveaway is so it's just easy for people to to go there every month and see the new thing yeah so if they miss out on one they're just not right going to a oh <laughs> sorry you missed it it's like oh here's the right new exactly thing. so it turns it into a, a win-win situation mm-hmm. still there so oh i wanted to mention actually so the podcast you had mentioned the three different ones so i have three books i have frugalpreneur authorpreneur and podcastpreneur so i decided to do a podcast with each book But I have so many episodes in Frugalpreneur that are specifically about self-publishing or podcasting that I just took those episodes and basically repurposed them and started a a new podcast with those episodes. And then at the front of each episode, I'll say like, this episode originally appeared on Frugalpreneur or whatever. So it's not even brand new stuff. I'm just taking episodes from Frugalpreneur and putting it into a new podcast. So if people are searching for those types of things, they might find those podcasts. (laughs) I think that's an excellent way of being able to utilize content though, is to be able to repurpose in different ways like that. There's the repurposing where you can like take the podcast and you create a blog post and you create social media posts, or you can even create a simple video to go along with it and things like that. But here you're taking content And you're like, hey, I have this handful of episodes that are on the same topic or pretty close. Let me just put them all together and create this other podcast. I mean, it just makes it easy for people Mm -hmm. and it helps people to be able to figure that out. I mean, just looking at becoming an entrepreneur or whatever, they'll probably come across a frugalpreneur, but, and then they'll just come across all the different episodes. It's like, oh, I like all this stuff about the podcast aspect, but if it's all Mm -hmm. together, Center rather that makes it really easy. So I like that idea. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I started doing something a little similar to that at, at one point, and then I never totally finished uh, the series that I started. <laughs> I got busy, and so life happened, and I wasn't able to finish it. And I still have it in the back of my head. I need to go back and finish that. And so seeing what you did here, it definitely gives me a little bit more encouragement to go and do that. So I think that's a really cool strategy. I don't know how you like do two or three different podcasts like entirely. I don't know how I would find the time for that. And I feel like I would get confused, like scheduling, especially if you're doing like interviews on multiple, I don't know. So, <laughs> so technically it's like, yeah, I technically have three podcasts, but it's really just one big one. And then two sub podcasts yeah. or something. That's a new word yeah, that we're yeah. making up right now. Sub podcast. There you go. It's a sub podcast. I like <laughs> it. My first one was kind of like a self-development type podcast so that that had its own thing and i did a mix of solo and interview podcasts on that one the next podcast was based on the show 24 oh. so it was watching the show and reviewing it so it's a totally different style totally different thing and i mean there was obviously some preparation watching the show and taking notes and coordinating with co-hosts and things like that but as far as like the scheduling of that we basically just said okay let's meet at this mm-hmm. time every week and so we had a set day and time that we would meet unless something else happened to come up and we just change it. But so, so there was that one. And so that was, I mean, the, the difficult thing was just having the time to watch all the episodes and things like that. But because we were doing an accelerated pace as we were doing it, we're basically covering 24 episodes of a TV show oh, in a month. Wow. And so, and so it was insane. <laughs> Didn't watch all 24 episodes of it. Some of it we were fast forwarding through and different <laughs> things like that to get through it. We didn't have all the fancy features of being able to like go at 2x speed or something like that to where we can still catch it. But anyway, so it was it, it was interesting. And then the other one was about based around content creation, podcasting, blogging and things like that. So it was kind of like more business related for me because I was in the starts of getting into online business and things like that around web design and then pivoting into podcast production. And so it was it was kind of serving a couple different purposes in that way. But yeah, so it, it, it was interesting trying to juggle, but I I didn't do it well. <laughs> and so it's like I was starting to take off on one and then the other one would kind of dwindle into the background and kind of fade out a little bit and then I'd go back and forth. And so there's definitely a little bit of that that went on, which which is something that that's, that's a reality. When someone goes to start a podcast, they need to consider how much time it actually takes to do that. And then if you want to start another podcast, be realistic about the time that it takes and the commitment it takes to be able to to do that. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough keeping up with, well, I find getting the interviews done, like none of that is difficult, but just finding the time to edit it and produce it and all that. So that takes time because I listen through the entire episode and then like cut out almost every little thing that I don't <laughs> that I don't like, like the deep breaths and the ums and the uhs and all that stuff. That's time consuming, but yeah, so I don't know how I how I would do it with more than one show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting. And so but you said that you started a podcast production company. So what does that look like for you? So the problem I think is a lot of people might want to start a podcast or they're thinking about it, but either the technology and the 
post-production, it's overwhelming or they don't know how to do it or they don't want or they don't have the time for it. And so basically, if someone just records their episode and sends it to me, I can just do the editing and producing and the all the mixing and mastering and the removing the filler words and and then also repurposing like blog posts or show notes and audiograms and all of that kind of thing. So that's basically what I do there. I guess you do that too, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're a competitor, uh, but I'm letting you like advertise. Well, and I didn't even think <laughs> it is that still it's all good. <laughs> well, I didn't even think of that when I first mentioned it. And then when you were talking when you said something about podcast editing or production, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, it's it's all good. I mean, it's it's a big it's a big True. ocean. Every person that produces a podcast, like like what you and I do in the editing aspect. I mean, there's there's different styles, there's different things like that, different personalities and all that kind of stuff that flows into it. And so, I mean, whatever. For me, I, I don't necessarily care if I'm the one editing the person's podcast. If I can get someone to podcast and to be able to keep to it, I am very happy mm-hmm. about that. If I help get someone started and they go on with someone else, I mean, yeah, I, I wish I could get the business, but if they go with someone else and keep going, I'm great. I'm, I'm happy. And so I've seen that several times. I've seen some of my people that I've helped them with their first 40 or so episodes and then they move on and then I see them down the road and it's like they're, they're rocking and they're, they're, they're like, like growing bigger and bigger and things like that. It's like, mm-hmm. great. And so, because I mean, it's just more proof that podcasting is a great space to get into and a great medium to be able to utilize, to be able to grow your business, to be able to um, do all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about like how your podcast kind of fit into like feeding some of your, what you're doing in, in, a, in a business sense. But have you seen like some of your other, your clients and things like that, that have you been able to see some of the different ways with that? Or are you just editing the audio and getting it back to them? Or do you have any insight into like some of the results that they're seeing? Yeah. So I do keep track. I use Chartable. I assume you are familiar with it, but it's like, yeah, yeah, it keeps track of all. I mean, the different podcast hosts have their own like tracking too, but I really like Chartable. I feel like it's more reliable maybe, or it covers more like demographics or something. Anyway, so I keep track of that because it also lets you know, like when there's a review, what episodes are getting how many downloads and what countries and all that. So I keep track of that. And then just every month, just send out a report because people don't like to keep up with that stuff either. Like they want to know these things, but they don't want to like spend the time to go in and look at it and compare it and see if there's growth or or not. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I just think a lot of people might be like, well, why, why do you need a podcast for a business? And there's plenty of people who do podcasting for fun, like you, like your 24 mm-hmm. thing. I'm, I'm assuming you weren't getting any kind of like business from a podcast about 24. It was more for fun. <laughs> but I think for businesses, especially podcasting is great because first of all, you're creating content and getting out there. And now Google transcribes podcasts now. So even if you're searching for something in Google, it's a possibility that a podcast might show up. Of course, every podcast directory is a search engine too. And it almost seems like podcasting has kind of 
shareability or a viral aspect to it. Like people will actually share podcast episodes. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just an extra way to get more eyes and ears on your business. And plus interviewing people, like whether they're on your show and you're interviewing them or you're on other shows being interviewed, you're getting access to that person's audience and you can like cross promote. And so you're reaching people you wouldn't otherwise. And plus podcasting is becoming so like just in the past year, it's doubled basically. I think it went from what, 800,000 to 1.6 million or last I checked. So it's really skyrocketing. And then of course, all the money being thrown into podcasting, like with with Spotify and the whole Joe Rogan thing and then just them buying all these different like anchor and all that. So I think it's only going to continue to grow and get bigger. Almost like every business needs a website. Well, I feel like every business is going to need a podcast at some point. Yeah, it's it's a really good thing. And so so in your entrepreneur podcast, I listened to the intro and you compare that having a book if I can keep everything straight, <laughs> having a book can act as a business card mm-hmm. of sorts. So a podcast can be the same way. It can be a, a sense of a business card, but it's even more personal than like a book or anything like that because you're hearing the voice and the people are listening to you. And if they listen week after week after week, and especially if they come and they start binge listening, then you're in their head like so much that it's just insane. It's like, it's like you get to know the person and so they, they get to know you. And so that's part of the whole people do business with people that they know, like, mm-hmm. and trust. And so when they listen to you over and over and over, they're getting to know <laughs> you. And if, if, if they're still listening after a couple episodes, then they're obviously liking you. And then after a period of time, they start to trust you. And then it just becomes an easy way to be able to be able to move that to the, to the selling aspect, whatever that looks like, whether it's a physical product or a service or whatever, there's different ways that that can be able to take place. And so, so it, it is absolutely an excellent way of being able to be able to connect with your audience and be able to get your name out there. You know, when I wrote the authorpreneur book, well, I wrote it because it's almost like I learn do teach. I think that's the right order because I wrote frugalpreneur <laughs> about like just all of these different online business models and whatever. Well, in the process of self-publishing that book, I was like, oh, I should write a book about self-publishing now. And so I was talking about book as a business card and all this. But then when I launched the podcast and I was getting more momentum with the podcast than the book, I was like, hmm, Maybe it's more like podcast as a business card, like you said. So then I wrote the book, Podcastpreneur, <laughs> about podcasting. So, <laughs> Oh, very good. So a lot of things that you're doing here to be able to help people that are in business, a lot of helping people with podcasts, helping people with books and all these different things. And so if there's someone that is looking to start a podcast, what would be something that you would recommend that they would do or think about as they're getting started because you started this two-ish years ago and you're working with some other podcasters as well so you probably have some insights like hey when people get started here's da 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 make sure you get 
this or do this or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely niche down as much as you can. Like, for example, okay, so Frugalpreneur, well, that podcast is about entrepreneurship, which is broad, but it's about building a business on a bootstrap budget. And so it's very niche in that regard. And like, obviously your podcast here or your various podcasts are niche down. And I think the problem is a lot of people go too broad, like just a general entrepreneur podcast or something like that, or the title might be too vague. Ideally, it's something that is searchable, which frugalpreneur actually really isn't because it's a made-up word. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm hoping that the tagline I put with it helps. Definitely niche down, something ideally searchable or descriptive. And I think even the cover art is important because a lot of people will probably find you just scrolling through an app. So the podcast art needs to stand out or kind of pop off the page, basically. And so if someone isn't doesn't know who you are, like if you're Oprah, then obviously it's fine to have your face on your podcast cover art. But if no one knows who the heck you are, I would recommend at least starting with having some other kind of image like my frugalpreneur has a piggy bank on it and although I kind of do like when people do like the cartoonized like it's their face but it's a cartoon version of their face I've seen people do that and I like that I don't know Mm because I guess it kind of has a it stands out more to me I think I'm more likely to check out a podcast like that than someone's face but until like you get a audience and people know who you are I wouldn't recommend putting your face on it or even naming it like your name like like in my case the sarah saint john show or something like that i wouldn't start out that way i know a lot of people who at a certain point they transition and it's like their name the blank name Mm -hmm. show and it's their face but that's because they've built up a big enough audience at that point i guess to do that but so I mm-hmm. guess th- those are some very basic recommendations. Oh, and to also probably get a professional microphone of some sort. I use the ATR2100, which is only like 60 bucks, I think. So yeah, you can start a podcast for under $100. Yeah, I got that here. It's my backup microphone oh. or my travel <laughs> microphone. What one do you use there? My main one is Heil PR40. Oh, okay. And so I had the ATR2100 for several years. My very first one was a $30 Logitech headset that I got from Target. (laughs) I had a gift card for Target that Christmas right before I started. And it's like, well, I don't got money to be able to put into this. I got this gift card. (laughs) And so I used it. (laughs) And so so I started with that. And that got me through for a little bit. And then I heard about the ATR2100. And that was back when the ATR2100s were around that $35 mark. I don't Mm. think you can find that anywhere now, but it was there back in 2013. I did that and I did that for several years. And then I had a friend that lived locally that upgraded from this high LPR 40 to Electro Voice RE320, I think it was. And so, Mm. and so he upgraded to that, even though I I would put both these microphones about the same level as far as quality, they just have a different sound to it mm-hmm. and so and I actually like that RE320 better for my voice I did a a test and I like the the way it sounded but anyway so I got this at a discounted price so 
that made this the the better choice. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so just kind of slowly made some some upgrades there, and so it works well. Yeah, at some point I might upgrade, and that's another thing is like as the frugalpreneur, I try to make it apparent that like you don't have to start with top of line stuff, yeah. or whatever business model you're picking. Like just start with the basics, get started, and then as you increase your income, then you can start upgrading stuff mm-hmm. if you feel like you need to. Yeah. The ATR 2100 is a fantastic one because it's a reasonable price, but it's good mm-hmm. quality. Not not top of the line, but it's good. And so you can be able to get, mm-hmm. get a really good quality. And, and the really good thing about the ATR 2100, um, and there's some other ones too, is that they can be both XLR, like regular microphone cord, or it can plug into the USB, so right into your computer as well. So it has that versatility, which I don't have with the high LPR 40, because that's another expense. When you go to something like a high LPR 40 or the RE320, you have to have some sort of uh, interface then, audio interface to be able to connect that to your computer. So not only is Mm -hmm. the microphone itself more expensive, but then you also have the expense of some sort of interface. So you got to deal with that aspect too. So yeah, I definitely totally agree. And so when I'm talking to people that are just getting started, I'm, I'm telling them, okay, here are some options. So you don't have to break the bank to get mm-hmm. all this other stuff. I'm not trying to make you go broke. That's not, that's not my goal. And so my goal right. is to try to get you going. And But I want you to have good quality, but I don't want to break, break the bank in that. Yeah, I think Samson Q2U is another one. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of on the same level. It's almost almost identical from what I hear to the ATR 2100. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the ATR 2005. I think it is that hmm. that, that is a very, very similar. It's a black microphone as opposed to gray. And then there's probably some other oh, small okay. spec differences, but it's almost the same microphone. That's a lot of detail things there on microphones <laughs> that I didn't expect that we were to get into, but it is important. But like you said, no mm-hmm. reason to break the bank over any of this kind of stuff, find something that's that's reasonable. And one, one thing that's a pet peeve of mine is people will do their own research and they'll go through and they'll buy all this stuff. And then they'll come and say, here, I'm starting a podcast. Can you help me edit it? And I'm listening. I'm like, oh my word. <laughs> it's like It would have been better if you came to me about a month ago before you bought all that stuff and recorded these 20 episodes that, isn't in the ideal situation and so mm. because there's always like reverb and different stuff and oh yeah ask for advice <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> from someone that's been doing it yeah so good stuff well thank you for joining us today i really appreciate it thanks for having me it's been fun yeah absolutely so where would be the best place for people to go to check out more of what you got so actually all three of my books, the PDF version is available for free at the com forward slash free. And that's Sarah with an H and then S-T-J-O-H-N. I would say that's the the main place. I, I do have a podcasting webinar, which is at com forward slash webinar, if, if anyone's interested in that. And then I just am in the process of launching a course as well about podcasting and that all that, all of that stuff is on my website at thesarahstjohn.com. And, oh, and then also podcastresourcedirectory.com I created for people looking to start a podcast who need 
who don't know like the different options as far as hosting and this, that, and the other. So it's kind of just a directory of different things that's mm-hmm. constantly being updated. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcasting Experiments. If you found this episode helpful, share it with someone you think would also benefit. Together, let's help raise the bar for podcasting. Check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. Do you want to take your podcast to the next level, but just don't have the time to make it happen? Is your time stretched to the max, struggling just to get your next podcast episode out? Do you need help just getting started? Podcast Guy Media can offer the solution to both recover your time and improve your podcast. Go to podcastguymedia.com and find out how.